listening to the Atlas Investor Podcast with Portfolio Wealth Manager, International Real Estate Investor, and Global Citizen, Tiho Brakan. Join us as Tiho helps you grow your wealth, reduce your risk, and increase your freedom. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Atlas Investor Podcast with Tiho Burkhan. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I and Tiho, we really appreciate it. Tiho, my friend, I want to ask how you're doing today and what will we be covering in this episode number 21? Jordan, I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, we'll be looking at the precious metal sector, something that you are an expert in. Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of a twist today. It, uh, as opposed to the way we normally run the podcast, where you interview me, I'll be uh, doing a little bit of an interviewing job position myself and trying to get some uh, nuggets of wisdom from you as to where the precious metals market might be headed in the next couple of months and what we should do now that gold has uh, and the precious metal sector has sold off. So I'm really looking forward to taking the other side of the mic here. Let's see how I do. I'm a little bit nervous. Okay, Tiho, so one of our favorite subjects, one of my favorite subjects, especially gold, what it's doing, where it's going. Uh, what would you like to discuss here as we start? Okay, so first chart that I have for you, for the listeners at home that are on YouTube and those that are reading on a blog, is the long-term chart of gold dating back to 1970. This is around the time that President Nixon took, took off the uh, gold standard and floated gold uh, on the exchange, and, uh, as well as the U.S. dollar, uh, which started trading against other currencies. Um, so it's an interesting chart. It shows the return, uh, the volatility, all the characteristics, basically, of gold since 1970. Um, before that, it actually was pegged to the dollar, so it wasn't as tradable um, as it has been in recent decades. So uh, why don't you start off by telling us what you have noticed uh, in characteristics of gold over the many decades, why you favor gold as an investment class, uh, you know, and what are its positive attributes that one should use when they're as allocating capital to it as, as an investment manager? Okay, that's such a great question there. There are a couple of questions in there, so I'll, I'll try and unpack that as quickly as I can. But as far as... Um, as far as gold over the decades, something I've noticed, which is very interesting to me, is that I think this is pertinent right now. Gold has, there's only been one time gold has had a bull market without, I mean, a real bull market, a real cyclical bull market without the S&P 500 um, having a bear market around the same time. You know, that could either be during or uh, before and that was from 1985 through 1987, where we had this massive decline in the U.S. dollar. And even uh, when you look at the size of that decline, which was about 50% top to bottom, but less so from 85 to 87, the bulk of the decline was in the mid-80s there. Even with that kind of decline, you would have expected a stronger move in gold and precious metals. So if we remove that from the equation, you basically have the points 
uh, where gold has been the strongest were in the 1970s and during the last decade. And uh, as we know, those were difficult decades for U.S. equities. So um, from a portfolio standpoint for for high net worth investors and and those who want to allocate broadly and not just do the typical 60-40, gold probably works best. Well, fundamentally speaking, gold works best when real interest rates are declining uh, and when they're negative. So when real interest rates are strongly positive where they're rising, that means the fundamentals for keeping your money in the bank or keeping your money uh, in in a CD or or in a bond, the fundamentals for that are improving and and therefore they're worsening for gold. So with respect to gold, you really need one of two things to happen. You really need inflation to rise, kind of accelerate. Uh, If that's not happening, you really need the Fed to be cutting rates. Now that doesn't answer you know everything, but that can at least help us understand. You know when gold, uh, when gold performs best, and when it helps your portfolio. So where we are at present, Tio, I would say that, um, and I've been saying this for the last couple of years. I don't think we're going to see gold in a bull market until we see the economy uh, get into a recession. We see the S and P get into a bear market, and so that is when gold can actually work best. I think as a portfolio diversifier. I mean, given that, given the history that that I talked about, given where it is here and now, um, obviously in the last couple of years it had a big rebound in 2016 in the first half after that uh, decline, that downtrend from 2011 to 2015. But since that happened, you know, it went sideways for about 18 months. Tried to break out earlier this year, it failed, and then the the recognition of the marketplace that that breakout failed that led to the strong sell off. Uh, that we've endured over the last couple months, and you know, not not uh, coincidentally, I would say the U.S. equity market um, during this period has been strong, and also the U.S. dollar also factors in. The U.S. dollar uh, has had a really strong move uh, since I, I think February of this year. So, in I know we're going to get to sentiment, but in the big picture, gold has failed to break out. So the primary trend, I think, is now the primary downtrend, we have to say, has reasserted itself to the downside. Very, very interesting. So uh, in summary, you would say that gold is a very good diversifier. It tends to protect investors' portfolios as an insurance policy, in particular during times when other asset classes, such as equities, income-producing asset classes, such as equities, or maybe even bonds, both of which failed to pro- uh, protect investors in the 70s, gold and natural resources, farming uh, and agricultural assets did terrific. Um, so very, very interesting. Uh, and I tend to hold gold uh, both in my trading account of the portfolios for my clients, uh, as well as generally speaking in a physical form, as well as in the futures or ETF form, just for the sake of diversification. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I would like to talk to you about in particular is this move from April. Uh, I remember talking to my clients and they will remember this in late March and early April, we started allocating our, some of our portfolio back from cash into S and P 500 after missing on that correction in February, as well as in March, uh, the, the, the two swooped down, which produced about a 10% drawdown and increased volatility substantially from 2017. And what I've noticed is that it was around this time that I was buying when the news was very bad about the trade war. And at the same time, one of the reasons that I bought 
was because gold was telling me that it was smart to buy equities. Gold refused to make a higher high just as the news was favorable for gold to break out and just when it should have been protecting investors during a trade war. Uh, and clearly the market thought that the trade war will probably find some kind of a solution a couple of months down the track. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true or not. I'm just trying to read the market's message. Uh, do you think there's any other reason why you think gold broke down uh, away from just the correlations with the dollar and so forth? And uh, basically the question is, why do you think that gold is uh, reasserting its downtrend? Well, I think obviously there, there can be many reasons for these moves, but I think you nailed it with the, with the trade war. Look, I mean, maybe the, maybe the trade war will be inflationary, but we have no idea if it's going to be inflationary in the next quarter or two, or who knows, it might not be inflationary for another two or three years. And that's why you have to respect what the market does. Uh, but looking at gold's fundamentals, the last 18 to 24 months have been very interesting to me because in 2016, if you look at real interest rates, uh, we had a sharp decline for most of the year. And so that, that's the fundamental explanation for why gold did so well in 2016. However, what happened in 2017 was very interesting because real interest rates started increasing again in 2017, and they've remained steady uh, at worst, steady this year. I mean, in some forms, they've been rising this year. So the fundamentals for gold over the last 18 months have, as far as real interest rates, have actually been getting worse. But what happened? We had this huge decline in the dollar in 2017, and that really kept gold from breaking down. Like if we if we look at gold denominated against other currencies or denominated against stocks over the last 18 months, there really wasn't much of an uptrend there. It was mostly a sideways move. It was kind of weak. So that happened despite this huge decline in the dollar. Another thing, the dollar made two, I mean, compared to gold's peak in uh, August of uh, 2016, so about two years ago from where we're speaking now, from that point, the dollar penetrated that low twice in 2017, yet, yet gold, despite that happening, gold was unable to make a new high both those times. So there were a lot of bearish things for gold under the surface in 2017. And so once the dollar started rallying um, in February or after February of this year, I should say, that, that was supporting gold. Uh, previously, I mean, up to that point. And so what happened is the, the gold lost that support. And to me, I mean, you made a great point. Um, the, the, the market bottomed during this trade war news. And, and when the market rebounded um, in the spring, I mean, that to me was very negative because I figured, look, if the market's rebounding and it's on a solid footing here, gold is, you know, gold is not going to break out. And we saw what happened, as you noted, where where uh, with the trade war news, gold was unable to break out. The market bottomed, and the dollar's uh, rebound continued. So, uh, and then with with the decline in gold, you know, or as that decline was happening, we had a realization. I mean, the market had a realization that, you know, the primary downtrend is now reasserting itself. It's back in play. Okay, so that was very interesting, Jordan. Thank you for that. Um, even though we discussed how gold has broken down, 
and there was a variety of clues as to why it might break down. That doesn't mean, at least in my opinion, that all downtrends are a straight line. And what I would like to ask you is, and some of the charts that I prepared for you as well, is how do you feel uh, about the current sentiment, the current positioning, the actual surveys that are reflecting traders' opinions and moods, and the current breadth readings uh, that are happening in the overall precious metals market. So why don't we start with the hedge fund positioning? Um, you know, depending on which way you look at the data, uh, some people would say it's quite extreme. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is extreme. If we look at the hedge fund positioning, hedge funds are massively short gold. I mean, they're, they're the most short that they've been. I, I believe the data goes back to the mid-2000s so that there, our listeners and viewers can see on this chart, uh, oh, you go back over the last 12 or 13 years, the hedge funds have never been this bearishly positioned in gold. And, you know, look, it's it, some of those hedge funds, they, they've probably made some money. So at some point, they're going to have to cover. And that's what we've been seeing in recent days where, where gold has been able to rally from, I think, 1167 up above 1200. I mean, it remains to be seen how far this rally might go, how much more short covering uh, there is to to be. Uh, but that's just one of the many extremes. And you also noted, um, we have another chart here of the sentiment. This is the optics index from sentimenttrader.com. Great service. And I'm great so website. sorry to interrupt you, but I'd just like to say that the, the guys that do this website are really, really good. So if you haven't signed up, please do. I don't get any benefit and neither does Jordan when we say this, but I highly recommend their tools. Uh, and he makes you a better trader. So, Jordan, so sorry, but please continue. Sure, yeah, no no worries. So this this chart from sentimenttrader.com is the gold optics, and we can see that um, over the last, uh, well, let's round up and call it 19 years or so, since the late 90s, um, gold has, as far as the optics, this is one of the five most extreme points. There, there's There's a couple other ones that stand out. Uh, you have one at, at the end of 1999 and then early 2001. So those two are right when gold made that major double bottom. And and, and then you have uh, another one, which was a few months before the bottom at the end of 2015. And then you have one in 2013, uh, which was gold's low after it had that crash in the middle of 2013. So, I, I mean, th these are points where the market has been extremely oversold. And the question is... Is this going to be similar like we saw in 99, 2001, or at the end of 2015, or is it more similar to 2013? Of course, it remains to be seen. And as you always say, Tio, the market will tell us uh, which way it's going. Uh, if I have an opinion, my opinion is this is probably going to be more like 2013. I, I don't think we've seen this in this move for gold. Uh, now, moving on, uh, another indicator that hit a major extreme, and this is one of your favorites, is looking at 52-week lows and the percentage of uh, gold stocks, gold mining stocks, rather, that yeah, hit 52-week lows, this hit minus 70%. And this is something that uh, my subscribers are aware of because I, I use this, and you turned, this, you turned me on to this in the last couple of years. It's, it's been very helpful. But this hit minus 70%, uh, I believe, a week, a week or so before uh, we're speaking today. And that, I mean, going back over the last five to 10 years or so. I mean, this is one of the most extreme readings we've ever seen. Uh, there was once in 2013 and once in 2014 where uh, that indicator surpassed 80% to the downside. But 
for those of you looking at this, you can see that at worst, um, after you hit this this or so level to the downside, at worst, there is a rebound, and, and we we are starting to see a rebound in the gold mining stocks. Um, moving on to one more thing, you have the bullish percentage index uh, for gold mining stocks, and, and, and this is also a GDX, and uh, this indicator. Um, is not quite as oversold as the other indicators, uh, but it did it did come below twenty percent. Uh, that's one of the I, I think it's the second or third lowest reading over the last several years. So not quite as extreme as the others, uh, but certainly extreme enough to signal uh, some kind of interim low. Um, so with that said, to you, I want to get um, I want to get your comments on some of these indicators and. Uh, I would ask you. I mean, how, how, you know, how how much of a rally do you think we can see here? Is this something that can last more than a couple months, or is it is it only going to be something that lasts a couple weeks? Do you have any any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, first of all, Jordan, great summary. I have to say, um, you did a really good job there, and very interesting indicators that we're discussing here. Um, to answer your question, I'd say gold, despite the fact that we're having a rebound even now over the last. A week and a half or so, gold is still down five months in a row. If I was a gambling man and I'm not, I would probably say that gold would have at least a one to two months rebound. We have good seasonality coming up. Uh, September, October, November, December tend to be at times good for gold and at other times not so good for gold. Uh, you know, gold has been making bottoms in December recently, in recent years. But September is always a famous time when gold does well and a famous time when stocks don't do well. So we'll see if that holds this year. But generally speaking, I definitely think there should be some kind of a strong rebound for at least a month or two. Uh, you know, this, you, you discussed the sentiment, and it's one of the worst five readings over the last decade or two, even two decades, and the breath is oversold. So if I was to put everything together, I think there's an above average probability of seeing gold rebound. Uh, having said that, for those that are watching us on YouTube uh, and look at the chart, the first chart that we had out is the long-term 50-year uh, uh, chart of gold, and gold has broken an important trend line on a log chart. Uh, not that those trend lines are be-all and end-all of everything, but uh, it seems like he was hugging onto that uh, trend line since December 2015. And then again in 2016, as it sold off into early 2017 and rebounded, um, and it's kind of hugging there. It refused to go up, and as the great Jesse Livermore used to say, you know, market trading is not that difficult. If something doesn't want to go up, it's probably going to go down. I, I love those lines of wisdom, as simple as they sound from his book. But since gold has broken that trend line, I doubt it's going to uh, rebound very quickly. So, like you said, maybe after we have a a, 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 a healthy natural rebound from oversold conditions, the downtrend could then reassert itself. But then again, my crystal ball tends to be broken most times. So don't really worry about uh, my predictions. So that was great. I mean, we really discussed some of those indicators. And for those reading us uh, on the blog, uh, theatlasinvestor.com or watching us on YouTube, it's a plethora of great charts today uh, for the precious metal sector, a lot of which are signaling 
very bad risk conditions, oversold breadth, very bearish sentiment. And, you know, one thing that I would like to say, Jordan, before we get to the next question is that um, bearish sentiment doesn't help as much in bear markets as it does in bull markets. So I want those listening to keep that in mind because don't go better farm on a rebound and the rebound might not come. So just be careful and as I always advise, use risk management when you're trading, when you're investing. Protect your capital and don't worry too much about your convictions. Let the market tell you what the trend is. Uh, anyway, moving on, uh, we discussed gold. We discussed a lot of these things to do with gold, but what about silver? The gold-silver ratio is now at 82, Jordan. It rarely gets up here. So one could say that, you know, gold is rather expensive relative to silver and maybe rather expensive relative to gold mining stocks. You can answer that for us. And the second thing I like to ask um, is what happens, and have you looked at actually the correlation? So what happens to the economy and what happens to the stock markets? when the gold-silver ratio gets this high also? Uh, maybe you can fill us in on both. Yeah, that's an excellent question, Tio. I personally don't put as much stock into the gold-silver ratio as the average person does. Um, I mean, there. I think conventional wisdom, and it might be correct in most cases, is that when gold, is out, you know, gold outperforms silver, uh, typically, the economy is in is in less of a boom. Um, if it's in a boom, you should we should probably see silver outperforming gold. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, the peaks in this ratio, you can see there was one in in two thousand three, and then of course one after the GFC in late two thousand eight, and we've also seen a peak in late twenty fifteen, and that coincided with the uh, the previous or the last significant bottom we saw in precious metals, and you know now we see the ratio is going above eighty. Again, um, I mean, there's some people looking at this chart and making the assumption, you know, this is a great time to buy precious metals. We're probably going to see a major bottom. I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I believe the all-time high, or not the all-time high, but at least recently, the most significant high in recent decades for this ratio was around 90, which I believe was reached in the early 90s. So um, it, it it doesn't tell us um, for sure you know, where the next peak is going to be, um, this ratio, I mean, it doesn't tell us, you know, I mean, just because it's gone above 80, that doesn't mean that it's making a significant peak. I mean, we don't know. It could go to 85. It could go to 90. It could even go to 95, or maybe it's going to peak in the next month or two. We just don't know. So that's why I don't put a whole lot of stock in this ratio. I mean, we see, um, you know, we, we've seen the economy do very well um, since the end of 2011. So you would think, well, should silver be outperforming gold? But from that point, you know, we saw a massive peak in silver, a massive peak in precious metals, but gold has been outperforming silver. And um, so, I mean, the, the idea that, you know, the gold-silver ratio rising um, is, is negative for the stock market, you know, it, it may or may not be true. I just don't have that strong of opinion on it. Very interesting, Jordan. Uh, one thing that I would like to put in is that emerging markets tend to do pretty well, or at least have before. That doesn't mean they will do it again. But they bottomed in 2012, 20, uh, sorry, 2002, 2003. They also bottomed in uh, late 2008. And they also bottomed in uh, late 2015, early 2016. 
And that's been every time since Silva got quite cheap at 80 or above against gold. But that doesn't mean that it'll happen again. Uh, these are just correlations that people like to use. And as I always say, correlations work until they don't. And that's when they really disappoint you. And that's when you end up losing some hard and saved cash, which you shouldn't have done because investing isn't just about correlations. Um, finally, uh, last question before we finish. And uh, what a great show today for those that are fans of precious metals and even those that are not, that would like to learn more about it. Um, I would like to ask, you, you are quite connected to the industry, being a newsletter writer and interviewer and, uh, you know, an investor in precious metals yourself too. So you know quite a lot of people. You go to quite a lot of conferences. Um, you know, you have a lot of connections with the industry. And so I would like to ask you, what is the mood of these savvy so-called experts, uh, most of which don't make a lot of money investing in precious metals and being right? Some, some do, by the way, but most of which actually make money uh in other ways you know selling things to people uh when in reality they don't do a good service for it let's just i'm just trying to mince my words here a little bit and be polite <laughs> you know uh but what is the mood amongst these people because usually we, when even they start giving up that's when we're very close to uh, a proper precious metals bottom and that's when gold can surprise for a few years it can really rally hard yeah, my main takeaway, and obviously we shouldn't base everything on anecdotal sentiment, as you know, but my main takeaway is I don't think people are giving up yet. I think just from the people that I follow and talk to, I think people are um, pretty hopeful that we're going to see a significant significant bottom here and a significant rally. And of course, it depends how you define significant. I mean, you and I might call this significant, but you know, we're not, that doesn't rule out the fact that, you know, maybe precious metals will roll over again before the end of the year. Um, so I, I'm just surprised at uh, that people are not, um, I mean, obviously some people are giving up, but I'm surprised that there's a little bit uh, too much optimism, I would say. Um, I would also say it's it's very interesting, the industry, um, the large companies, they um, are in better shape than they probably were in 2013, 2014. But I, I don't think we can rule it out if we see gold roll over again and head back down to those lows around $1,040 an ounce. Maybe it goes to 1000 or even a little bit lower, and, and you might, you're, you're certainly going to see some bankruptcies. Um, I, I don't know if any of the really large large companies are going to go bankrupt. Uh, they might have to merge uh, to help things. But um, I, yeah, I mean, personally, I, I'm not that optimistic. I think this rally is probably going to roll over. And Ultimately, I think the important takeaway, Tiho, I mean, what, and this is one thing I've been, you know, I've done a lot of historical research. And over the last 60 years, I looked at 12 rate cutting cycles for the Fed, or at least 12 points where they started cutting rates or restarted cutting rates. And yes. out of 10 of those 12 times, uh, the gold stocks had an average rebound of um, 185%, the minimum rebound was about 54% and the that that rally started uh, an average of 1 month or a median of 2 months after the fed funds rate peaked. So if we're looking for a potential catalyst, you know, when is this thing going to end and you know when could precious metals begin a bull market? I've been saying it I don't think it's going to happen until we see the fed change course and we see their last rate hike. So if you're looking to be 
uh, a buyer, an allocator to gold. I still think it's it's too soon. You need to wait for the point where it looks like the Fed is going to be done hiking rates. And then overall, T.O., it just depends. I mean, if, if if the next recession we have is kind of a mild one, then you know we might get a little bit of a move in gold, but if it's if it's a significant one, if it's a real serious one, that's where we could see much more uh, of a move in gold, you know, beyond fourteen or fifteen hundred. So those are kind of my big picture views, you know, as we move into, uh, you know, as we end this year and move into twenty nineteen. Very very interesting stuff, Jordan. I appreciate the commentary there. Uh, before I let you go, I'm going to put you on a spot and say gold is down five months in a row. And it was down recently by 10% by mid-August as we are doing this podcast right now. Currently, it's down about 7.5%. Where does it finish by year-end, negative or positive? And uh, also, is it worthy of uh, trading on the downside or the upside or just staying in cash if you're a precious metals investor? Well, I think at this point it's going to finish the year down. I'm very confident in that, I would say. And it, it depends on this rally, Tiho. I mean, if if we get a real strong rally and then there's some kind of a bearish consolidation, there's some kind of a setup for making a short trade, um, I would definitely uh, seriously consider that. I don't think it's worth playing on the long side right now. I mean, it, it probably was a couple weeks ago as, as you yourself, you made, you made a good trade. Um, playing the upside. Don't tell don't tell everybody about. You have to also tell them about my bad, bad trades as well. Well, I, I, I'm I'm still I'm still waiting for a bad trade out of you. Maybe it'll be the Swiss franc. We'll we'll see. But I I don't think so. Um, so I I think it's too late to play gold or gold stocks on the upside right now. It's already moved a little bit. So at this point, I would be in cash and I would be waiting. Like I said, if we, if we see some kind of bearish consolidation develop after this rally and we see sentiment levels get a little bit more elevated, um, I think that would be the point to seriously consider uh, taking a short position. Very interesting. As for me, you know, I hardly ever disclose what I'm doing due to respect of my clients who pay me a large sums of money to actually do the work for them. So I'm very happy with the job that I have and I want to keep it. And two, because my crystal ball is usually broken. So uh, it doesn't it doesn't work, but uh, I will. I have stick my neck out recently, and I have said that I'm long the Swiss franc. Uh, and I used to disclose a lot more trades before I got a lot more clients, but now, out of respect for them, I have to keep my uh, lips sealed uh, and throw the key away, you know, uh, as they say. But the Swiss franc trade, I'm very happy to disclose that. So so far, so good. Um, you know, since I've disclosed it, I think it's rallied for a few days, three, four, five days, but it's still early days. As of gold, uh, I think you just disclosed my position that I recently <laughs> bought around the low. I was a little bit early though, but we'll see. The rebound so far is going okay. Um, and as for gold, if I had to say whether it's going to finish up or down, I'll always say the same thing. I'll let the market tell me what's going to happen. Thank you for listening to Atlas Investor. Jordan, you did a great job and I'll leave it to you for the closing. As we close, we want to thank the listeners for tuning in. If you have a moment, please leave a review of the podcast on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. And if you have a question for Tiho or any comments or suggestions, 
you can email it to us at podcast at theatlasinvestor.com. That's podcast at theatlasinvestor.com. On behalf of T.O. Burkhan, thank you so much for listening to the Atlas Investor Podcast. We hope you'll join us again for episode number 22. Thank you for listening to the Atlas Investor Podcast. To be notified of future podcast episodes, visit theatlasinvestor.com and sign up for our free newsletter. T. Hober Khan offers his clients a wide range of services, including portfolio construction and wealth management, one-on-one consultations, global real estate opportunities, international tax planning, citizenship and residency planning, and one-on-one mentoring. For a free consultation, visit theatlasinvestor.com and contact T. Hope Rakan.